trust in Jesus and the Spirit dwells, it doesn't mean that you always get everything right. That's another mistake people make. They say, well, I'm a Christian and the Bible says I'm perfect, so this is perfect. It's like, well, no, it's not. You're being a jerk. So you have to ask yourself, am I in the flesh right now? Am I living based on the guiding principles of rebellion against God? Even though I believe in Jesus, why am I acting that way? Why am I doing that thing? Some Christians believe that once they've accepted Christ, they're now perfect and can do no wrong. This isn't true. And Pastor Daniel will explain why in today's message, you're made righteous in God's eyes when you confess your sins and accept Jesus' gift of grace, but you're still human. You'll make mistakes and you'll need forgiveness. Don't let that discourage you, though. Take your failures to Jesus and allow him to show you love. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 8 as he continues his message, Life and Peace. For each one of us, there's really two different ways you can walk. Now, when you think about the way that you walk, this doesn't mean like, well, listen, I walk robotic style, so I walk this way, or I walk with a little swagger, you know, I get my little thing going on, you know, or or whatever it is. The idea is it's the principles by which we live our lives, right? If you've been studying the book of Leviticus with us, and we're reading through it as a church, with all the consecrating of the priests, right? The blood of the offering gets placed on their right ear, their right thumb, and their right big toe. Super weird, amen. Now, the reason that is, is because the idea was that God wants to set apart the totality of who you are, what you hear, what your hands do, where your feet go. Now, you may say, why the right hand? Because 90% of the population is right-handed. So it's the, it meant the hand of strength. When Jesus says that God's right hand, it means he says that God's hand of strength. Now, for those of you who are left-handed, you're God's special people and God loves you too, right? It's not, it's not, you're not deficient, but it's like when the, when the majority of people are one side, it has a connotation to it. Does that make sense? So for those of you who are left-handed, you could say Jesus sits at God's left hand. It would mean the same thing. Because that's your hand of strength. Your more dominant hand. Now, I bring all this up because the idea of how we walk speaks of the principles By which the thing that drives who we are. And really what we learn here is that you and I get to walk in the spirit because of what Jesus has done. This is not us divorced from Jesus. This is what it means for us to be in Jesus. Look at what it says. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, isn't that a mouthful? But listen. But the law of God's spirit that leads to life that is found in Christ Jesus. What's amazing is, if you read the book of Romans, this is the spirit, the Holy Spirit. This is only the second time the Holy Spirit is referenced in the book of Romans. You get once in Romans 5. Now you get it here. But you're going to see the spirit come up 18 times in this chapter. Why? Because the finished work of Jesus leads to you and I being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit cultivates the resurrected life of Jesus in us. So this, even this phrase, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that this 
person, the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, this is the driving principle of your life right now. And I love it. It's the spirit of life in Christ. Not just life here, but the resurrected life, the life that conquers sin, conquers shame, conquers death, a life that is eternal, not only temporal. When we think of life, we think of life here, but the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is about life here and beyond, eternal life. And it says that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free of the law of sin and death. Now, how can that be possible? Look at what it says in verse 3. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. Now, if you've been studying with us Romans 4, 5, 6, and 7, Paul is culminating all that teaching right here. Look what it says. The law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. What's the law's fault? The law's problem is humans. The perfect law, imperfect humans. What the law, the law couldn't save somebody because all of our flesh is weak. Right? The flesh, not the skin, but the rebellious nature against God. It's weak. Right? So the law is perfect. We're weak. So the law couldn't do it. And it was weak to us. So God did what? God did it, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So I love this. He said, he didn't send his son in sinful flesh, but in the likeness of sinful flesh. He's saying that Jesus came with the same human nature that we had without the prevailing sin nature that causes rebellion against God. As we always say, when you read uh, the gospel of Luke, when it shows the birth of Jesus, the, what we would call, you know, the Holy Spirit coming you know, overshadowing Mary. The Holy Spirit brings the divinity and Mary brings the humanity. Mary was the mother of Jesus' humanity, not his godlikeness, right? That's where the, the mistakes within the church comes on who Mary is. Mary was the mother of Jesus' humanity and blessed indeed, but not someone to be elevated to someone we prayed to because Jesus never prayed to her. Jesus had come to me. The veil is torn. You don't have to go through anybody else when you got Jesus, right? But God sent Jesus in the same likeness as the rest of humanity, right? And he did it on account for sin. That's why Jesus came. Jesus was a great teacher. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus did amazing miracles. But the main reason he came was on account for sin. Jesus came on a rescue mission for you and I. And it says... God, he condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law, this is verse four, might be fulfilled in who? In us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, really what's going on now is because the spirit of God dwells in us, now all of a sudden we live out the righteous requirements of the law, which are fulfilled in the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And you love your neighbor as yourself. And know what's so beautiful about this? That ability, what I like to call upward, inward, and outward, right? It all comes from the work of the Spirit because we put our faith and trust in My only ability to love God with all that I am, my only ability to see myself with a healthy biblical self-love through the lens of the cross, and my only ability to love people who are as fallen as I am is because of the Spirit of God who dwells in me. 
It's not something that you and I can generate of ourselves. No matter how hard you try, no matter how many plans and camps you put yourself in, no matter how many retreats you go to and how many books you read, if it does not happen by the work of the Spirit because of the finished work of Jesus, we're going to try in vain. We have to walk in the Spirit. Now listen to what Paul says, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, by way of application, the Bible pretty much says that you walk in one of two ways. You either walk in the flesh or you walk in the spirit. That's what it says. You know, and listen, I realize that lots of things in life are gray, but everything isn't gray. Right? Lots of things are, there's a lot of gray areas in life, but not everything is. And the Bible is pretty clear that you're either a saint or you ain't. You're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. It's not like, well, I'm kind of in the spirit or I'm kind of in the flesh. It's kind of like when someone is pregnant. It's like, well, I'm kind of pregnant. It's like, well, no, you either are or you aren't, right? There's no like middle ground, right? And the reality is, is that each one of us, you get to choose if you're gonna walk according to the guiding principle of rebellion against God or if you're gonna walk according to the guiding principle of the spirit of the life that is in Christ Jesus. And it's a decision you make. Now, I don't real, I, I often say I wish that God would never have given us that decision. Because I kind of like living in the flesh. At least at times. It's more fun like nursing my wounds and being angry and being, you know, and all that stuff. It feels right for a little bit, except it's really death. And the thing is, is you have to simply ask yourself a question. Am I in the spirit or am I in the flesh right now? Because you could believe in Jesus and still walk in the flesh. You'd know that's true, right? Like, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus and the Spirit dwells, it doesn't mean that you always get everything right. That's another mistake people make. They say, well, I'm a Christian and the Bible says I'm perfect, so this is perfect. It's like, well, no, it's not. You're being a jerk. So you have to ask yourself, am I in the flesh right now? Am I living based on the guiding principles of rebellion against God? Even though I believe in Jesus, why am I acting that way? Why am I doing that thing? But when you and I have allowed the Spirit to so have our lives, then all of a sudden life's changed. You know, people always ask the question, you know, do you have the Spirit? Our founding pastor, Bill Richie, always says, not, do, do you have the Spirit? Does the Spirit have you? That's the better question. You know, we, we were so busy asking, well, do I have the gifts of the Spirit? Listen, does the Spirit of God have you? That's all that matters. Because the Spirit has you, then everything else follows. But we need to walk in the Spirit. And listen, if you're hearing this right now and you're saying, man, I've been totally in the flesh. Then the next step is to confess it to God. Say, God, I'm sorry. You know, God, you know I've been in the flesh. Forgive me. And then if you've hurt anybody or anyone's had to gotten the brunt of that side of you, you go to them and say, listen, I'm so sorry. I've been totally in the flesh. Now, what's beautiful is for the person who's in Christ Jesus, you're not scared of doing that. You realize that you believe in Jesus because you fail. 
I was just talking to someone the other day, and they're like, I could never believe in Jesus because, you know, so many Christians are hypocrites. I'm like, well, the Bible never says that when someone is a Christian, they're not a hypocrite. The Bible actually says that at best, a Christian who's being a hypocrite, they'll own it and ask for forgiveness. The Bible never says that a Christian's always going to get everything right. The Bible says that when a Christian gets something wrong, they are humble enough because of the grace of God to say, I screwed that up. I'm, so, I'm like, so if somebody does something wrong and they apologize for it, that's actually proof that they're a Christian. And they looked at me like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not condoning hypocrisy. But when does the Bible ever say that the Christian is always going to get everything right? Jesus got everything right. But listen, you walk in the spirit when you own your garbage. Remember we said it last week. What was the line? My problem is who? Is me. Right? And when my problem is me rears his ugly head in someone's direction, I deal with that by saying, Lord, I am so sorry because I am a problem. And then I go to somebody and say, hey, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm a problem. Will you forgive me? Right? And that's how you fix walking in the flesh. You turn from it. That's what the Bible, that word repentance literally means to change direction. That's what it means. It's like if you realize you're going the wrong way and you have a change of mind, which leads to a change of action, which leads to a change of heart, which leads to a change of destiny. That's what happens. It's like, you're like, oh, I'm going the wrong way. And then I repent and I turn. And that's what God wants for us. When we get in the flesh, he wants us to repent, just to turn. We turn away from that and we turn back to him. So we want to make sure that we're walking in the spirit. Now, you know, I saw a great example of this this week. So, you know, our little Annabelle is so fun, you know. So uh, Lynn, you know, because we were stocking up for the, the craziest snowstorm that never happened. Lynn got this whole little thing. We, and uh, we love these little ice cream cones. And so when Annabelle got the box, she said, Jesus just told me that I'm allowed to eat all of them. <laughs> now, what was really cool is for a second, I'm like, that is totally in the spirit. I've heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> but we made her not eat all of them. But I thought to myself, what a sly little lady. You know, she knew she had to apply to a, a higher authority than just her own desire. So how many of you, any of you also heard that? Yeah, a couple of you. So I don't know. The jury's still out on it, if that's in the spirit or in the flesh. But we'll work on that together. Amen. We need some discernment from the Lord. Until then, eat them all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It was just so cute. Anyway, going on, verse 5. Look what it says. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now this, I'll frame this for you quite simply. Where is your mind set? Where is your mind set? Now it's amazing. Mindset's a big concept today. People talk about it, the power of the way that you think. Really what we learn here in these verses is that whatever you choose to be the driving principle of your life, then you focus your mind, your faculties on that. And really what you find is people can talk about, well, I want to be, I want to think more positively, or I want to think more this way or that way. But really what it's saying is that this is true in the only two categories in which you really live. You're either in the spirit or in the flesh. 
And he's saying here that if what you do is for you, those who live according to the flesh, if you live a life in rebellion, then what do you do? Then you set your mind on the things of the flesh. And for those who want to live according to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, then you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. And now it becomes the guiding principle, the driver of your life now occupies your inner life, your thoughts and your emotions and your will, right? And many of us know what this is like because there have been times in our life when we've been in the flesh when all you can do is think about the things of the flesh, right? It's like, where well, you know you, what you're doing is, well, maybe even before you knew Jesus, you were living in rebellion against God and your whole life was consumed by, how do I do all these things that I want to do? How do I accomplish these things? I remember before I came to know Jesus, I lived thoroughly in the flesh. And it was like, I had everything. I, I could wake up, I could think about, well, how am I going to party today? And who am I going to hang out with today? And what kind of mischief am I going to get in today? And the whole day is kind of planning all those things, Right? But then what happens when you put your faith and trust in Jesus and the Spirit of God dwells in you, now all of a sudden you're like, okay, so how am I going to glorify God today? Right? Like, what is God's will for my life today? What does it look like for me to be somebody who is in the Spirit? And isn't it true that these things start to preoccupy our hearts and our lives? Right? If someone decides, hey, listen, I need to get healthy, which is not a bad thing. The only way you actually get healthy is that you start to focus on healthy things and you push away other things, right? Because it becomes an all-pervasive, all-encompassing, totalizing way that you live your life. But isn't it true that when you're in the flesh, it becomes totally totalizing, isn't it? It's like, and especially, now listen, let's just be honest, because Crossroads is a very large church, and there's lots of us who are part of the Crossroads family, scattered all over the globe, here in Vancouver, people on TV, on the radios, people everywhere, right? Here's the deal. You can love Jesus, you can be in the flesh, and you're spending your entire time covering your tracks, pretending that nobody's going to know all the garbage you're doing. But you know what the problem is? There's one person who sees everything. And he's your heavenly father who's numbered every hair on your head. Now imagine the meticulous care that God has for me to number all these hairs. I mean, it's just crazy to me. You know what I mean? That's how specific God is for us. And we have this tendency to think, I can cover all this up. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. I clear my browser window. I do this. I have all these fake things and I'm making all these moves. And really all you're doing is you're proving this. You're using your whole mind to try and arrange a life in the flesh. But you know what the problem is? As it says in these verses, for to be, my translation says to be carnally minded, it's to be fleshly minded, to be rebellious against God minded, right? It's death. But to be spiritually minded, to have the driving principle of your life be the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that is life and peace. That's why I've called this message life and peace. What's the secret sauce of life? You need the Spirit to be the totalizing principle of your life. Our lives driven by the Spirit. Because we want to live according to the Spirit. And then we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. And when your mind is set on the things of the Spirit, to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. That's where it happens. But he doesn't only tell us that to be spiritually minded is life and peace and to be carnally minded is death. Notice what he tells us in verse 7. Because the carnal mind, because the fleshly mind is enmity against God. That means 
The carnal mind, the flesh-driven mind is against God. It's an enemy of God. Why? Now, see, this is why people struggle with this in our culture because people are so used to having carnal mindsets that they're like, well, why wouldn't God just love everyone? Because God is perfect and God's ways are the right ways. And when somebody is living contrary to that, it's not like, well, we just don't really agree on that. It's you're an enemy of God. You're the entire reasons you do what you do are contrary to the ways of God. I mean, try and imagine being in a relationship, a friendship with someone who Everything that they're about is completely contrary to everything you stand for. Do you think that relationship would work? No, it doesn't work. I mean, it's hard enough to be in a relationship with someone who all of their things do line up with yours. Really what it's saying is that when the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, it's God's enemy. Why? Because it's not subject to God's law. And it couldn't even be. It's completely against it. That's what Paul says to the church in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life was hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. See what he's saying? He's saying, look, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on heavenly things, on spiritual things. Now you got to ask yourself a simple question. How's that going for you? Where's your mindset right now? What is your focus right now? Is your focus on just purely temporal things or is your focus on eternal things? See, one of the greatest tensions in life is being both heavenly minded and taking care of your business here on earth. Now, I remember when I first came to know Jesus, it was a challenge for lots of people that I know because we didn't really, it's not something that we did, you know. I remember someone saying to me, you know, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I remember hearing that being like, what does that mean? You know, because I, I barely even knew what being heavenly minded was, you know. But then what I realized, when I heard that, I was like, oh, you know what it actually is? You actually can't be any earthly good unless you're heavenly minded. That's what I learned. Unless you have your mind set on eternal things, your life driven by the spirit, your mind set on the things of God. You can never be a true help in this world because even with the best intentions, a carnal mind is still an enemy of God. So even if you get a couple things right, you still got all these things that are wrong and it's the blind leading the blind. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel gave you the secret sauce for living. You need the Holy Spirit to be the force behind all you do. When the Spirit fills you and you begin to set your mind on the things that coincide with the Bible and the will of your Heavenly Father, you'll find that beneficial attributes are becoming second nature to you. This brings life and peace and can inspire the same in the people around you. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus' Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. 
I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel encourages you to share your testimony. Your life story is unique, and your journey with the Lord is something that needs to be told. Testimonies are a reminder that where you've been isn't where you need to stay. There's hope for everyone. Don't be afraid to tell your story of faith. It just might be the story someone needs to hear. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series, The Secret Sauce. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.